Are you a HubSpot user looking to stay up to date with HubSpot, inbound, and all the information that will make your job easier and help you and your company grow better? Each week, the Spot brings you the HubSpot education, ideas, and tools that you need to maximize your success, make work just a little bit easier, and of course, brighten your day along the way. Listen in as Julie, Doug, Max, and George share their authentic, entertaining, and valuable conversations with the people who really matter. That's right, you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for your HubSpot journey heroes. Welcome to this week's episode of The Spot. Ready, spot, grow, and we are back for another episode of The Spot. And this is part two of what started last week. And uh, yeah, we should just carry on the conversation so we can get Doug in more trouble with HubSpot and all the things he's going to say in this episode like he did last one. But (laughs) if you're listening to this, if you're watching this and you didn't see last week's episode, make sure you go and see part one of the Operations Hub conversation that we had. So this week, guys, here's the thing. Uh, in in typical The Spot fashion. Oh, yeah, by the way, we've got Dan back. Dan, say hi back to the audience. Hey, hi yeah. back to the audience. We've got, there you go. <laughs> say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. Good Gracie. All right, that's a throwback. If you know that, hit me up in uh, the Twitters, the Facebooks, if you actually I, understand what the I told my was. daughter to say goodnight, Dylan. I was second to say, you know, say goodnight, Dylan. And she said goodnight. I said, you didn't do it right. She's mm. like, what do you mean? And I and I'm like, and she had no clue what I was talking about. I, yeah, no. She's never done anything that made me feel older than that. Doug, I cannot tell you the amount of jokes that I throw in front of the Impulse Creative team that get blank stares, and I realize yeah. I'm old as dirt. Old Dude, as dirt. I follow them. I'm with yes, you. I laugh. Yes, yes, you laugh. Yes, that's true. That's but do okay. you guys know what baseball team Dennis play for? Dennis. Dennis. Dennis what what team do dentists? No, dentists. Oh, de- oh, God. You know, we are on a podcast, right? I know, but this is this is important. The Yanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. Oh, <laughs> uh, Dan's going to use that one. That's the problem. Dan is going to use that. I'm going to have to hear it again. And uh, But it is what it is. Okay, so here's the thing. In the spot fashion, uh, we just, we answered like two of the probably six questions that we wanted to answer last episode. So I wanted to dive back in. Because we talked about like what our initial thoughts were. We talked about, you know, uh, what excites you because we knew we had to get Doug to actually talk about some like positive stuff about Operations Hub. So what excites you? But now uh, what's fun is now we're giving Doug the opportunity to like actually go back and wax poetic on, well, what do you what do you wish was there? Like, what are your wish list items for Operations Hub now that you've had time to kind of look at it? play with it, maybe watch the HubSpot Operations Masterclass, whatever. Is there something- There's a Masterclass on that? There is a Masterclass <laughs> on that, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What right. website do I go to for that? Brought, uh, you can get in there for free. Everybody can get it. Just fill out a form. We just, we take your identity. No, I just said, what website do I need to go to? Where, oh. where do I get it? Yo, oh, the actual URL? Shoot, let me look that up. I don't have it memorized. Okay, I'm going to tell you, it's uh, impulsecreative.com slash operations hyphen hub hyphen masterclass and if it's not that you're going to create a five-in-one redirect so that people can remember it instead of something else that's there i think there it you is go. That. i think it is it that is. because it is. because here's the thing if you google by the way hubspot operations masterclass it's the first result in google i will throw that out there that's a little bit of a there you go um but it is hubspot dash operations dash hub dash masterclass dash sign up 
is at the end of it. So, so it, oh, that, the, I need the, to talk to your marketing team. Yeah. Yeah. The easiest thing, the easiest thing would literally be just to Google HubSpot operations masterclass and click on the first result. But, mm. or the other easy thing, since you're hopefully on the show notes, or if you're not go over to the show notes and there'll be a link in the show notes that will take you there. Max, Doug, Dan, when you think of uh, the operations hub, like, what do you, what do you wish? I wish I was smarter. Mm. As a, so as a, as a marketer who has been a writer, video creator, social media manager type person, uh, not necessarily all that technical. Um, I, I hired a marketing analyst to help me figure out like the numbers and stuff. Right. I look at operations up and I'm like, there's so much there already that I don't know what to wish for. So that's where I'm at with it. What, why do you wish you were smarter? So I say that tongue firmly planted in cheek. I know I'm smart and I can, and I like, I, my skill set is my, no, I don't, I don't, but like, I look at the technical side of it. And, you know, when we talked last week about like programmable automation and, and putting in code for steps and workflows, I'm like, Nope, I'm out. I'm tapping out and I'm having somebody else do it for me. So so I don't know what to wish for yet because I don't know, like, I don't know how powerful it can be. It's already so powerful in my little marketing mind. So that's where I'm at. Mm. See, I think that's where software gets built wrong. And, and I'm, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm seeing some of that happen with, with how certain features are, are, are getting built in that you're the perfect person to wish for it. So, so operations mm. hub, the whole idea of it is, and, and the whole growing discipline of revenue operations is, is a separate discipline that, that complements marketing, that complements sales, that complements success. Um, and, and it's the, it's the creative conflict among those. So like we live by a prime directive uh, around technology and that prime directive is the business process must drive the technology. The technology should never dictate the business process. And so when, like when we're designing implementations, when we're rolling things out, whether it's new or we're coming into a situation where it's not working the way they want it to, the first thing we say is, I don't want to hear about what you like or what you don't like. I want you to pretend that there's no technology at all. As a matter of fact, the, uh, we give them a technology called the magic wand. Um, I used to give them the fairy godmother, but you know, a lot of people didn't know what that is. So magic wand, people still get. Again, that going back to old, right? It was so we say, you know, forget like it's like Dan, for you as a marketer, the moment you realize you're using tech, it's wrong. Mm. The moment you realize you're like we talked last week that operations hub, this was different because like it doesn't stand out, it's actually mixed in. That's actually, and I didn't realize this at the time, that's my favorite thing about operations hub is that it it's not labeled operations hub. You know, when we talk to clients, I tell them, if you ever have to think about which hub am I in, which hub am I using, then we set it up wrong, right? Yeah. And, and so I, I know this isn't what the point of this session is, but I see this happening all the time where, where marketers or sales executives, well, I don't understand. So I don't like, so, so they kind of, you know, in some ways they, they, they beg out of it and the person who understands it goes, oh, and by the way, that circles back to what I shared last week which is what my biggest fear is, is because of that added complexity, like Dan, before with, with no code workflows, you didn't have that feeling that goes, Hey, look, I'm, I, I need to opt out because that's beyond, like you wouldn't have even made that joke. Right. But, but now because there's code, 
someone's going to come in, you know, that, that coding expertise, like there's the perception you need coding expertise. I'm going to mark my word right now, 90% of the custom code workflows are going to be able to be done and probably would have been able to be done better without code. I'm going to say that right now. That's my prediction. If we look at, at, at operations hub implementations a year from now. And it's because we we're we're beginning to 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 silo. You know, in 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 the move to eliminate silos, we're bringing silos in. So so it's funny because as I listen to this, Dan actually did bring a wish list item. He just I don't know if he knew that he actually brought a wish list item. His wish list item would be like I wish it was a little bit more simpler. Like I wish it was simpler to use. I want to also piggyback on this because hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I want to piggyback on this because the the crazy part about this conversation, you you asked Dan, you said, hey, previously you probably wouldn't have like been tongue in cheek and tapped out on workflows. But can I tell you, Doug, out of all the people that I've onboarded for HubSpot, the usual tap out place is workflows. Oh, I understand like, that. They inherently think that that's going to be the most difficult thing on the planet before they know it. And so they tap, they try to tap out before we get there. And so the fact that it is programmable, like something more nerdy in a perceived already nerdy thing is like maybe like a weird thing. Now I'm going to give my wish list item because it goes into the whole thing that you guys are talking about. And that is, I wish that there were some uh, easy access or easy links to additional jQuery tables or snippets or like elements where if I'm in that tool trying to create a jQuery uh, system that I have something that I can link to and grab from and kind of, you know, like, like think of a chef in a kitchen, right? It's a little bit of pinch of this and a little pinch of pinch of that. And I actually can go and grab that and put it in a HubSpot and all of a sudden it makes this magical like operation soup for me right there. Like that's a wish list item for me because it's almost like, hey, um, you need to know jQuery, but uh, yeah, you just need to know jQuery and you're kind of now on this island. We've got nowhere to send you. That, that would be a nice little wish list item. So, so here's my concern with that, all right? And, and it has nothing to do with the product. It, it, it has to do with, it, it, it has to do with the process. You know, if, if I'm building something for the chef, the first question I'm going to ask you is what, well, what type of kitchen are we talking about and what type of chef are we talking about? Are we talking about the weekend chef who likes to hack together interesting cool dishes, but, but isn't, but isn't really a mat, or are we talking about building for a master chef, right? Are we talking for, mm. for building somebody who's building their business and, and, you know, that's, that's what they do. They're, they're, they're two very, very different things, you know, as HubSpot moves up market. And, and this is, I mean, Operations Hub is completely invented because they're moving up market. Operations yep. Hub was not invented for the two to 20. You, you're, you're moving to, to higher and higher levels of complexity. You know, and, and by the way, what's the developer's number one complaint about HubSpot from the beginning of time? Is HubSpot's point of view prevents their mastery. I don't need that shortcut. I don't need this. I don't need this. And HubSpot's, HubSpot's SEO tools, 98%, I love them because I didn't have to think about it. It took care, you know, it, it got me to 80, 90%. But you talk to somebody, and I, you know, the first time I hired somebody at Imagine that actually had, you know, that was a true SEO person, she hated them because mm. that's not how you do it, right? And, and it got in the way of her being able to do, you know, those types of things. So it's like, I wouldn't want Dan to be able to do this. And part of my fear is that in, in the, 
legacy of HubSpot, which which was perfect, right? It fit a need. We talked in a different episode about the generalist versus the specialist. Yeah. Right. Is is we we keep, you know, flipping to serve the generalist, but at some point that comes at the expense of the specialist. And if you're bringing something that's designed for truly custom, high level complexity issues, then like this, this is where friction is good. The fact that Dan can't do it, Dan should be able to clearly articulate, this is what I need to have happen. This is the business case. This is what needs to happen. Then there are a million people who can do jQuery, who can write JavaScript, who can make that happen, right? And, and, and if Dan starts playing with that, then Dan's spending less time being focused and being at the extreme of, of what he wants to be. When you're young and you're growing, you should play multiple sports. You get well-rounded, you build range. Mm. As you become a professional, you then begin to do exercises and things specifically for that type of sport, that type of performance, because that that there, there's a place where the generalist begins to get in the way of what specialists do. And if we're gonna build something for custom, if we're gonna build something to enable specialization, then then we should, you know, are we gonna go all in? Like that's my wish is it, let's go all in on something. So the last two minutes goes way beyond HubSpot, by the way, that's like some life advice right there. What's but, up? but it gets into a point of view, it gets into software point of view. Yeah, but here's the funny part. Max, we're going to go over to you because you're just over there quietly sipping on your beverage and enjoying like the conversation. And I just want everybody to know we're about, you know, 15 minutes into this and Doug still has not given us a wish list item. But but <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm a sales guy. You know, he's trying, to, he's trying to succeed in that, but I'm going to try to get a wish list item from him before it's over. Um, but Max, like this conversation we're having or a wish list item, like where yeah. do you want to go with this? Yeah. So I've been thinking about this one for a long time and I'm, I, I, I think it would be a good fit for operations hub. Um, but I, I, like you could almost, I think you could almost make the take that this could be like a sales or a service one, or maybe spans both, which is my, maybe it might make sense for, for operations hub, but you I know, when nervous, I you can tell what's up, I said, I got you nervous. No, well, no, I, I'm just, I'm just thinking of kind of where it fits in, right? Because like this use case, I think can look very different, pretend, depending on the size of your business. But I, something I noticed when I was an implementation specialist is that a lot of people got confused with the meetings tool for it being a scheduling tool. And they're like two totally, like those are, they're two different things, right? If you think of the meetings tool, that's great if it's like one-on-one -on -one booking time on someone's calendar and you're just grabbing the time that's available. Yeah, there's like the team functionality that builds in there too. But like, it's not used for like scheduling, right? So like, I remember I had a salon, like a pretty big salon that was a customer. And they were, they had like a misunderstanding of like how the meetings tool worked and they thought they could use that to basically schedule and book times and like have open slots uh, for their stylists or like whoever it was, right? Well, I worked with that? a couple of service companies too. Well, because, you know, they had to get everyone, like everyone had to get like Gmail accounts like hooked up and it was just not like a, it wasn't a place where like one person could look at a calendar inside of HubSpot, have designated time slots and like assign employees to it 
and like book people over the phone, right? It, it wasn't like that. It's, you, you had to, you know, everyone had to get their Gmail hooked up to the calendar and have you know, a whole bunch of individual links and stuff. And, you know, I've seen like the same thing for like service companies that like send people out on service appointments or like set up appointments for salespeople to go out to people's houses or something, right? And so like, I always thought that was kind of something that would be a good opportunity just because like those appointments people have can be tied to things like deals. They can be tied to things like tickets for like service things. They can be, you know, part of that historical record you've had with a customer. Um, and I think it would be like an interesting addition to like the, the CRM that we already have that kind of goes beyond booking like one-on-one -on -one appointments with people for meetings. So again, like, I think I, I thought of this as like a service hub thing, but like you could make use cases for sales and, and even like for marketing when it comes to like events. So I don't know. I think that'd be something cool. But isn't that a different product? I mean, there's many different products inside of HubSpot. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's a different. So why, why doesn't, why, why doesn't HubSpot do my accounting for me? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that argument is it's the same argument to say, don't add anything else to HubSpot. Which will never well, I, I just think this makes add. sense because this directly has something to do with like your sales and marketing, like life cycle and the journey someone goes through. Right. So to me, it kind of makes sense that like, you know, you have some sort of way that you can look at a calendar, slot out appointments, book appointments for people. Like that's a conversion just like anything else, right? And I think that's something that people would, might want to track, especially and, and if you provide some sort of service. Do you guys have a vision that that a company, that their tech stack is just HubSpot? Is that the vision? I know there's no, a lot. Of no, I just think it nicely fits into vision. kind of what we already have. But yeah, there are a lot of companies that would rather just have one piece of software. That's fine. I don't necessarily believe in that. I'm a huge, I'm a huge proponent of just like, hey, if you like doing it outside of HubSpot, do it outside of HubSpot. There's no reason to force it, see, right? See, I but, think I, I think that's where like there, there's there's seo stuff like if we were talking about marketing hub people could start talking about seo and it's like okay well no that's you know that's ah refs or Moz or something where where you're talking about deep deep levels of specialization and mm -hmm. and you're now going to an advanced aspect and you want someone who's just doing that 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 type of scheduling and i actually know a little bit about what goes into making that possible um i mean that that is it it, it might look and feel like it rhymes with meetings but it's a totally different thing yeah. and and like I would say there again, that's a place where, um, you know, that, 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 that's a place where I integration. Yeah. Where, where you want, where you want a company that, that, that that's what they do. Um, and that because, because you get into a whole bunch of things about not me being able to schedule it, me being able to self cancel it, me being able to do this, me being able to do that. Um, like, you know, in, in, yes. Yeah, so so it, it, it's, it's, yeah. and you're, you're basically building a calendar, um, you're, you're building, you have to build a full calendar within the product, as opposed to what is the meeting still using? It's using, you know, it's, it's using the, the Google product or, or, or the office product for those things. So that's, that's where, again, I think that you get to advance. You want my wish list? I, I'll give you a wish list. Yeah, yeah you. I'm going to rein this in. I'm going to rein this in and say, we're now at about 22 minutes. I'm good at, I'm and, good at uh, deferral. Doug George. still hasn't given it. Thanks, Max, for your wish list, item, um, by the way, and Dan as well. Full functioning custom objects. That's, that, that's my wish. There you go. So talk, talk us through that a little bit. Like, yeah, I was going to ask, what do you, what do you, what do you, what mean, do you mean by, by that? that? There's still a lot of things that you can't do in a custom object that you can do in, um, in a, um, in a regular yeah. object. I can't, I can't associate records as cleanly as easily. I can't pin 
notes um, from an integration standpoint. And by the way, this is as I understand it. Well, this is where you kind of maybe have to go. You can do this with custom coded workflows, but it's actually, no, you can't. I'm sorry, you can't. So there are integration issues that, that you can't integrate. Um, as, you know, as an example, HubSpot's um, native Salesforce integration only integrates standard objects. The custom object integration that they just came out with, uh, with the beta of that, only pushes from Salesforce into HubSpot. It doesn't push from HubSpot back into Salesforce. You and you can't do, um, you know, they, they they don't have listening APIs yet for custom objects. So you can't, um, you can't build custom integrations the way you would normally build custom integrations because you can't connect to the API that 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 enables you to know that something got changed in a record to trigger it. So you've got to do um, some some other backend things. You can't, I think we talked about this um, afterwards last week, uh, you know, the ability with, with deals to um, have Kanban board and with service up to have Kanban board, but a lot of custom objects extend from deals or that you can't have Kanban boards yeah. with them. You can, you can create a ticket from an existing custom object, but you can't, um, but you can't create a custom object record from a ticket, right? And 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 so those are all things that that I think need to really get finished because I think custom objects is a very powerful, you know, and and, yeah. and, and it enables you to map that. I'd like to see that finished. Yeah. Now, I, well, I won't disagree with that. I, obviously, they're working on it though, because I think it was Dan. Dan, didn't you sniff out earlier this week that you can now email from a custom object? Yeah, so we have a custom object called services and I went to email the people from there and I went today to actually do it and I it, it's not pulling in the contacts. Mm -hmm. So the the button is there to send an email and it brings up the email tool but then I can't send it to anybody yet. Awesome. So it's being worked on. They're working. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that that that's that's been the case for a little while. Oh, um, okay. cuz okay. I had that problem. I had that problem a little while ago. Oh, um, I, I just I looked a week ago and I couldn't do I it. like I like sending emails to nobody personally. <laughs> I'm, and I'm not even kidding. That's my thing. Like, because then I don't have to worry about it, right? No, don't it. worry about it. Don't worry about it. Nobody likes getting your emails either. So it's like <laughs> <one thing there. laughs> down with that. All right. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just and then, kidding. And then, and then, and then, operations hub specific, sandbox environment. Oh yeah. And and then and then the 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 last place where where I get nervous is from a RevOps perspective is that I think that. RevOps has gotten super hot because a whole bunch of uh, tech products have come out and they needed to find a category. So they said, oh yeah, we're RevOps. A, tech ops doesn't equal RevOps. Mm. B, automation doesn't equal RevOps. You know, and, and, and what I would like, like I look at what's come out so far and I, you know, I said last week, I see it more as an add-on than, than truly a hub. And I actually see it as an automations add-on or an automations hub, if you will, than a, um, than, than it is actually an operations hub. Um, because even the data sync, what you're what you're doing is you're automating data sync, right? You're automating data sync, you're automating, you're automating cleanup and you're bringing um, programmable workflows. Now I know that they're working on some better reporting and BI functionality. Um, that'll be interesting to see what, what, you know, what happens there. I know they made the shift that they're, you know, utilizing um, on like Snowflake, which is going to enable them to potentially aggregate better. There's a lot of power that's there. But, but I'll tell you that, you know, the biggest problem that, that, that ops members have, and, and I know from like the, the ops work that we do, you know, our job, 
you know, a lot of our job is to support the sales and marketing function and enable them to do the things that they're doing. And, and, and so, in, you know, in some ways it almost becomes that, you know, RevOps is your sales and marketing team's help desk for anything related to your, you know, to, 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 excuse me, to process implementation. And, and so, you know, a salesperson's running into an issue about trying to utilize this um, or to stage that. Um, so like, I do not believe that we should be able to send sequences from somebody, but we should be able to stage them. You know, why, why does a sales rep, you know, a sales rep should have to initiate, right? I'm, I'm totally down with that because otherwise you're just, it's just pure automation, right? Yeah. And then it should be, um, you know, that, that, that rep, you know, be, being able to stage things, being able to get their environment um, set up correctly. You know, we, we can create the, you know, we, we, we do have more control over what the cards look like you know, there's, there's still individual flexibility that, that then leads to rep that lends, leads to users doing things that create confusion. The other thing that we don't have the ability to do though, is we don't have the ability to order widgets. And so the, so, so like that right-hand bar or that right-hand side is increasingly becoming, you know, you know, crazy land. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, and, and, you know, what, what, what's the underlying order of that? I think we should be able to take widgets out of certain user profiles. Mm. Right. So, so for example, if, if, you know, if you're not using our document management um, integration, then, then why does that document management integration there, if it's not actually functional and it, it, it creates some craziness. Um, so like we should be able to emulate a, so an op seat should be able to emulate a user's setup so that they can help them walk through things um, and get things set up and staged correctly to troubleshoot. So those are, there's some wishless items for you. It's interesting when I hear you say that it's almost like some smart rules for HubSpot itself, like only show this uh, thing if they're actually in a workflow or only show this thing if they're in a whatever, or like those, well, those are like super rudimentary examples, but like hide uh, this. Or I'll give you I'll give you an example of something. It, it actually probably would not technically be ops op, but but it but it's an ops item. You know, it was great when they brought out conditional cards, right? So for those of you that don't know what that is, that's where you have your your main data um, about the record in in in, in a space, um, and then if they're you know in certain situations, um, supplementary data shows on on the left side but it's very, very limited, right? It can be if you're in this pipeline or if you're on that team, um, it leads, it ends up leading to a lot of conflict because what if I need this and this, if I'm in that situation, but also um, you have a lot of property-based situations. So for example, if a content type is video, then there's a whole lot of complimentary stuff that we'd like to see, but it doesn't matter what stage is, you know, what, you know, what, what stage or, 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 or what pipeline is in. Oh, and that reminded me of another major wish list item, which is um, dependency fields. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know what? Inside. Here's another wish list. Here's another big wish list. I want it to be properties or fields. I don't care which one, um, yeah. but I want them to pick one. Yeah, people get confused. I will. I will agree with that. Okay, so moving on, moving on, because we yeah, but HubSpot calls it both now. Like if you look, yeah. you'll see oh, yeah. they they promoted as fields, and then people come into the product and they go, I can't find the fields. It's like oh no, you got to go to properties. Yeah, it's custom properties. But yeah, 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 totally. HubSpot, uh, it's form fields and custom properties. That gets exciting. All right, so 
what would you say to those wondering if they need operations hub or not? Because we're going to rein it back into like, because we basically just went all out on like a HubSpot wish list items. Um, but if we talk about like, who would you say, uh, or what would you say to those people wondering if they need the operations hub or not? Yeah, I mean, I'd say like, if you have a lot of problems with like data cleanliness, and that's something that like plagues you, I think that's kind of like one of the bigger layups, right? Um, I also really like the PySync functionality too. And, and I like how you have more control over like how the data syncs back and forth and kind of which side is the, because like, can't you decide like which side is the ultimate record of truth? Like what updates the other side or is that not? I don't think that's- You can that's do it, but you can only do it in, in you, you can only do it in, see this is where I wonder why we, we talked about this last time that they have more control. You can set that, that this one, um, you know, wh whichever is most recent wins mm -hmm. or one wins over the other. The, the yeah. problem is that you've got lots of conditionalities that actually happen in real world where 80% of the time this one should win, but how do you account for 20% of the time? You can't do that in, yeah. um, in, in iPass. You can do that in native integrations. So, I mean, yeah, it's probably, it's honestly probably those two things. Like I, I, I the data cleanliness thing for me, just, it's just, I can't tell you how many people, how many times I had the question asked, how can I capitalize the first letter of these names? Because they either type it in in all caps or they do all lowercase. And when we send out our emails, it doesn't look great. Um, you know, I think that's like a pretty, like if, the, if you, if data cleanliness is a real big problem from you coming from like your form fields or like the input from your sales reps, I think it's worth it. I say, listen to Max. <clears throat> listen to Max. That was what I was thinking too. Was like that's the easiest, quickest. This is what you can do. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, we talked about the the workflows earlier, right? If your business needs workflows to manage that data, whether it's for your marketing or your service or your sales teams, uh, you know, the, the HubSpot workflow tool was already powerful. Now it's just that much more powerful. And so if you really want to do some, some cool out of, you know, thinking outside the box kind of stuff, right? I hate that cliche, but that's what it is, right? You're thinking outside of your normal, that, that's a, it's a great opportunity for that. And, and I will say this too, like, oh, for the freemium model can feel like a bait and switch for some companies, right? We're going to give you three free days or, or we're going to give you a free version and you can only do one thing. And then you got to pay everything for all of this, right? HubSpot's free operations hub has some really good stuff in it. Like if you're using um, sales free and marketing free and then operations hub free, it's got some good stuff. For only 50 bucks a month, you get like two major upgrades and then everything else is even more expensive, but you can get rid of a whole bunch of other technology and save yourself money on that. Like it really kind of, it's, it's kind of nice. It sounds pretty beefy for 800 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. But thinking about like all the things that you can do with it, that was one of the things that I learned from doing that HubSpot Ma Operations Hub Masterclass was, yeah. oh, shoot, you can take a lot of stuff out. So those are two, yeah, the data cleansiness, data cleanliness, and the um, custom workflows. Yeah, I like the fact that you mentioned you can kind of ease your way into it too, like depending on what you're trying to do. And of course, we should mention there's a 14-day trial that people... If they're like really curious and we're answering this question, you can turn it on and try it and not have to get it or get it after the fact. Yeah. Can, uh, I, can, I, can I pile one thing on top of that, Dan, with the workflows is like, I've seen a lot of people who have had 
who have like very, very big sales teams and very complex like lead routing rules that are dependent on information from like another system, right? So before that conversation was like, all right, well, how do we get all that data from that other system into HubSpot so then we can build super complicated workflows that like reference all that stuff with like branches and everything to finally give you like the right lead routing you need when maybe if you have developer resources, is it going to be easier to do that kind of stuff with like a, a custom coded workflow versus like filling HubSpot with data that's only in there because of your lead routing. But that'll be on like a case by case basis. You just helped me figure something out. I appreciate that. It's something I've been, I've tr been trying to figure out why I think something and that helped me. Sorry. Go on. Yes, George. Oh, now, okay. So now I'm super curious on what the heck that was, but yeah, I so feel I'm, like I'm about to get throttled right now. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, Max, I'm sorry, but you might be in trouble in a minute. I don't oh. know. Here's, but here's no, the no, actually not at all. Not at all. Okay. So I I'm, I'm, I'm going to give my piece, but Doug, I'm going to let you kind of uh, close us out here after, after I give my piece. So one of the things that I have noticed that we have talked very little about, and, and I think has to be part of the conversation, if you're wondering uh, if Operations Hub is like a right fit for you and if it's something that you want to do, is do you right now have a live chat or bot strategy going on? Have you adopted historically a conversation marketing mindset or conversational sales mindset? Um, and does the ability to do some custom coded bot actions actually play into what you've already been doing and, and help you up your game? Because again, in both of these, I don't episodes, we really didn't talk about like use, use cases or things that you could do or the way that that even affects what's happening. But like, you know, one of the things with, I think as operations, you're probably worried about is like streamlined communication. And, and there's a massive hole of people who unsubscribe from email communication that you can't talk to via HubSpot. And so to think about some really unique customer experience situations that you could create with coded bots that only show up for people who have unsubscribed from your email to try to actually get them to re-engage and actually maybe re-enroll in email communication or just communicate with them in a different way, that kind of gets sexy to me to sit down and think about some of the strategies that people might come up with. So I will say, if you're thinking about Operations Hub and with what Max said and what Dan said and thinking about custom coded bots, and, and knowing that it's on its way up as far as what they may build into it. And yes, Doug, I said may build into it because I don't want to leave myself. I wasn't thinking anything. For, I don't want to leave myself on for, for a Doug attack. So what they may build into it. Um, that's my thing. Like, that's what you should think about. Definitely try the 14 day free trial. Doug, how, how do you want to close this out today? What are your thoughts as far as answering this question? I I, I, I like the idea. Um, hey, mother blanker. What do you think you are? Uh, unsubscribing from our email, but you think you can still come to the blog and pick up our stuff. Who the hell do you think you are? How may I help you? That's, that's a great strategy. Great strategy. <laughs> How may I help you? <laughs> um, actually, you know, I, I hadn't really, I, I agree with you. I, I think if, if you're, and it's something I hadn't thought about that much. Um, if you're really at the place where you're fully utilizing chat and you're, and, and you're, up against that wall that I'm actually, I, I think the ability to custom code bot has, has for, for those that, that are at that point, I think it actually has 10 times the value of, of, of custom code at workflows right now. To, to the question, what would I say to somebody who's wondering if they need OpSub? I would say to them, if you're wondering if you need OpSub, you don't. Um, if you need OpSub, you're not gonna wonder. 
it's going to be really, really clear. Um, and and if you and if you take that rule, you'll you'll avoid my my biggest fears about that. So I know you guys were curious what I was thinking on with with Max, and I'll leave with this. I realized that I because I thought I think a lot of times I never come across people who have these levels of complications that people are talking to me about about lead rooting and this and that, where where I haven't been able to get workflows to more than handle it. And I realized. I have actually come across that because I meet that person who has this large sales team, complicated, whatever, that's probably been built and designed and Frankensteined over the course of, of years using different systems and, and see what I do and what I would advise every user to do is to say, okay, hold on, stop. Business process needs to drive technology, not the other way around. What I do is inevitably we find that that complexity, that level of complexity is, is hampering the business process. We fix the business process, mm -hmm. right? And, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, all that complexity that needed X, Y, or Z comes in. And the, the problem when you jump to tech too quickly is you actually institutionalize the complications. I, we want to, I want to say complications, not complexity, because there's a difference. You institutionalize the complications, you actually, um, and that's what leads to bigger amounts of tech debt. And that's why yep. we, we, we get yep. stuck in. So nine, you know, yep. like 99 times out of 100, what I see is when you think the tech needs to adjust, it's actually the business process that needs to be fixed. And it's the business process that's holding up the result. And that's my final answer. I That's love that. It. Not every problem is a technology problem. Sometimes it's just a business problem. And it's probably about 2% are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I always tell people just because you can automate it doesn't mean you should. Oh, man. I That's believe we one. had an episode on that. Everybody should look back. I'm pretty sure we had like it may be episode three or four, something along those lines where we talked. Is it lead scoring? Like, Do you need lead scoring? Uh, we did like something. an automation one even, but we talked yeah, about it. Yeah, you're right. There's all sorts of, we talk about everything. Anyway, speaking about talking about everything, we have reached our time. So make sure you hit uh, Mr. Dan on the socials. Of course, still hit real Julie D. She should be back next week uh, now that we're not talking about Operations Hub. And uh, hopefully she's uh, doing well as far as all of the work and stuff. Make sure you hit up Doug Davidoff, Max Jacob Cohen. I'm George B. Thomas. And of course, I think I actually want to end on something you said, Doug. Don't create more. Don't create more problems with your tech, but use the tech to fix your business problems that you already have. And we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>